Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today, I'll be reading Longfellow's December. December, and 11 other poems, one for each month, each only eight lines long, make up the poet's calendar. The title, The Poet's Calendar, may at first seem unremarkable, but I think it's quite meaningful. Each poem reflects the way a poet experiences the different months, with each month's characteristic weather, but also with the poetic traditions that accompany the month, traditions the poet feels as surely as she feels the warm sunshine of April and the memories of October. Often these poetic traditions are found in the zodiac, the lion of July and the scales of September, or in the traditions of the gods for whom the months are named, Janus and Mars and Maya, or in the traditional cultural activities of the month, the weddings of June, the harvests of August and October. December contains all these elements, plus one more. It opens with the goat, Capricorn. We find also snow and holly. Less familiar to many today will be the pagan Roman tradition of Saturnalia and the reign of Saturn, which was the golden age of peace and happiness. Thus December carries the Roman thyrsus, a staff wrapped in ivy and topped with a pine cone. To these, Longfellow adds the celebration of the birth of the divine, and ends both the month and the complete poet's calendar with the familiar words of Luke's gospel, spoken by the band of angels to the shepherds on the night of Christ's nativity. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Let's listen. December by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Riding upon the goat with snow-white hair, I come the last of all. This crown of mine is of the holly. In my hand I bear the thyrsus, tipped with fragrant cones of pine. I celebrate the birth of the divine and the return of the Saturnian reign. My songs are carols sung at every shrine, proclaiming peace on earth, goodwill to men. The elements of the celebration of Christmas that derive from earlier cultural practices of Northern Europe marking the solstice, the shortest day of the year and thus the beginning of the return of the light, are pretty much well known in our culture today. The elements that continue the traditions of the Roman Saturnalia are perhaps less well known. The festival of Saturnalia, to celebrate the end of fall planting, began on December 17th and officially continued for either three or five or seven days, depending on the ruler, but in practice generally continued the full week. It was a time of merriment and gift-giving, with public games and singing and drinking and the popular election of a lord of misrule to oversee it all. Candles were lit and displayed in windows. Many Protestant sects following the Reformation recognized these pagan elements and associated them with the Catholic Church and thus rejected the celebration of Christmas. 
The pilgrims who landed at Plymouth actually came ashore on December 25th, but William Bradford, the governor of the colony and from whose journal most of our knowledge of the colony comes, though he records the date, does not remark it as a day in any way special. The following year he does mention Christmas, but in a dismissive way, while recording a conflict between the majority Puritans and the minority of adherents to the Church of England who had come to live among them. It was from the Church of England that the Puritans dissented, as they felt that it continued too many false practices of the Catholic Church. Bradford writes, quote, On the day called Christmas Day, the governor called them out to work as usual, but most of this new company excused themselves and said it went against their conscience to work on that day. So the governor told them that if they made it a matter of conscience, he would spare them until they were better informed. So he led away the rest and left them. But when they came home at noon from their work, he found them in the street at play openly, some pitching the bar and some at stool ball and such like sports. So he went to them and took away their implements and told them it was against his conscience that they should play while others work. If they made the keeping of it a matter of devotion, let them keep to their houses, but there should be no gaming or reveling in the streets. Since that time, nothing has been attempted that way, at least not openly. End quote. A few Protestant denominations continue today to reject Christmas as a pagan remnant, just as some avoid using the names of the days and months for the same reason. But most now celebrate Christmas. Some Christians deny the holiday's pagan elements, while at the same time, there are non-Christians who emphasize them in order to discredit Christianity in general. For most, though, among the devout and more secular alike, the intermixture of Christian and pagan elements is of no concern. It's all Christian now. For scholars, such intermixtures are considered examples of syncretism, which has characterized Christianity from its origins as a mixture of Jewish and Greek elements associated with Jesus and Paul, respectively. Among the New England writers of the 19th century, Longfellow was perhaps least influenced by New England's Puritan heritage. He freely mixed Christian and pagan elements in his poetry while remaining Christian, as was the practice of such Renaissance poets as Shakespeare, though not of Milton, the great Puritan poet. This has been a long exposition of a brief poem. Let's return to the poem itself. December by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Riding upon the goat with snow-white hair, I come the last of all. This crown of mine is of the holly, in my hand I bear the thyrsus tipped with fragrant cones of pine. I celebrate the birth of the divine and the return of the Saturnian reign. My songs are carols sung at every shrine, proclaiming peace on earth, goodwill to men. As I've mentioned, gift-giving was a part of Saturnalia. 
The emphasis was on toys for children, but there were also gifts exchanged between adults. It was considered bad form for adults to give expensive gifts, as such gifts were a show of wealth during a season when class distinctions weren't to be made, as none had existed during the Golden Age. Gag gifts or tokens of clay were given instead. A similar rejection of expensive gifts between adults might suit the celebration of Christmas as well. I hope you enjoyed December the poem and that you're enjoying December the month as well and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the fireside. <laughs>